to Power Conversations Podcast by What's Your Superpower TV. This podcast features conversations of overcoming by faith and pushing through to fulfill a purpose-driven life. This podcast is hosted by CEO and best-selling author Nadia Francois. Welcome to the broadcast. Welcome, 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 everyone to Power Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Nadia Francois, and today we have an amazing guest, Miss Kimberly. Hi. Hi. Are you, Queen? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, and we are super excited to have you. Why don't you tell our audience where you are from and a little bit about yourself? Okay, um, I am uh, from Canada. Right now I'm in Alberta, Canada. It's the prairies. It's like big, wide open skies and lots and lots of land. So uh, it gives you a good idea. It gets really freaking cold here. Really, really <laughs> cold. And um, we have great mosquitoes in the summer. So that's a little bit of... <laughs> we have winter and then we have mosquitoes. Uh, um, a little bit about me, uh, I, you know, I'm a wife and a mother and a Grammy. I have eight grandkids. Uh, best part. That's the best part of my life for sure. Hands down is the grandchildren. My littles as I call them. And, uh, I am a serial entrepreneur. I have gone from being a homeless high school dropout foster kid to becoming a multimillionaire. I've also uh, had a trip with cancer and have come out the other end of that. So I've had a few little um, spots along the way, let's say, that have helped me um, really get to know myself, really um, understand healing in depth um, and really understanding purpose and passion and how we go from our own pain. And this is really my whole life's mission is how we go from our own pain into purpose um, Mm -hmm. to really kind of like raise the consciousness of the planet and raise the well-being of other humans. And so that's a little bit about me, I think, for now. I love it. I love it. Well, welcome, Queen. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. We're going to dive right in since you started it up about this adversity that you have overcome that propelled you into your purpose. Fill us Mm -hmm. in. Well, you know, when I I was born into a very chaotic uh, home, I was the oldest, well, I'm a twin, and then there's five of us born one right after another to a very young mom, you know, struggling to work out her own stuff. And it was a very chaotic, lots of addictions, poverty. Um, And then at the age of 13, her boyfriend um, dragged me out of my bed in the middle of the night and brutally beat me. And uh, I was almost dead, almost died. Uh, My mother... My mother's intervention was calling an ambulance. That's what saved my life. Um, And that really, you know, as you can imagine, changed the trajectory of my life in a very powerful um, and significant way. And it's interesting, the interesting thing, now I've gone through a whole lot of healing. So like over the years, uh, right? So that as that story comes up and the different parts of it comes up, it really reveals the different levels and layers that um, left wounds in me over the years. And you know, the one thing that I share a lot about and speak a lot to other people about is like, when we come from places that create, like we all have trauma, small, big trauma, all different kinds. Right. But when we come, when we talk about trauma, most people talk about it as in 
how it shows up in a destructive way, right? Mm -hmm. You end up repeating the cycles of violence, the cycles of addiction, you know, the cycles of poverty. In my experience, in my case, it was very different. I actually came out of my childhood, like I said, uh, you know, I was a foster kid entering into adulthood. I was mm -hmm. homeless. I had no money. I was a high school dropout. And at 50, I was a multimillionaire. So how does one make that gap is the question I get asked a lot. How do you yeah. bridge that gap? And for me, it was what happened is my addiction became being uh, became achieving goals mm -hmm. and doing good things to get praise. Yeah. And that just kept feeding and feeding and feeding um, my wounded parts of me. But I didn't see that because you see society, society rewards high production. Yeah. Right. And so the more I did, the bigger the goals I set, the more success I had, the more society was supporting me. I was getting more money. I was getting more reputation. And this all led to a huge crash when I was 50, when I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole lot in there to unpack, but that was really the adversity. So my life started with adversity. Um, but also remembering that if I didn't come from where I came from, I wouldn't be who I was. Exactly. Exactly. And, and there's beauty when you hold that. Not that children, this is not about condoning abuse and, you know, things right, like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, my mother's 72, 73, I think she is now. And I'm her caregiver now. Yeah. You know, we're in a relationship. We have a, a, a level of forgiveness. I went through a whole, a whole series of forgiveness and really yeah. understanding what that was like in order to have her in my life in a way that brought respect to her as my mom without holding her responsible and as the person that brought, you know, hardship to me. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, you talk about healing. Mm -hmm. You definitely had to go through a large process of healing from yes. all of the things that you endured. And I'm sure you have left out a lot <laughs> from 13 to 50, <laughs> but, you know, just catching what you have, have shared you know, you definitely, even to just be able to sit here and talk about it without, you know, breaking down or, and even having that, still have that love for your mom, you definitely had to go through some healing. So tell us about that process. Oh, that's, yeah. And it's, I, I became a social worker. So after, you know, as I became, uh, I went into adulthood, I myself became a social worker. Okay. I had a heart to help people always, always. I was the oldest of five. I think, you know, God had it. So I was born into this, this group that this was my training ground, right. For being yeah. a leader, for influencing others. I was born a twin. I was connected to a human from my very conception. And so I really know that I was really literally ordained for, for this, pro but it's a process. And so I became a social worker to help others. And in the training of being a social worker, you go through a lot of your own stuff. You have yeah. to unpack your own stuff to be able to truly see the blind spots. And I did that for many years. And that, so that I would call that like, that was the personal growth. That mm -hmm. was the personal development. That was the awakening. 
that was when I was, you know, able to kind of unpack. That's when I had real deep forgiveness ceremony with my mom. I actually remembered the day where I truly felt like heavenly father forgiveness. Yeah. I don't know about, sorry about religious backgrounds here, but when I felt uh, uh, a forgiveness for my own being, I was really truly able to extend that to my mother in a way that was releasing for us both. And then I could just accept her for who she was. Yeah. Without expectation, without, and so Uh, That was a beautiful moment for us. I was probably in my late 20s when that happened. But here's the thing. Here's the tricky part. The tricky part of healing and the tricky part of really getting connected to those deep wounded parts of us, these parts of our souls where we want to feel valued and worth worthy, where we maybe are still feeling a little insecure or unsafe, you know, all these things, depending on our experience, our life experiences, those things, those needs still, those, your body kind of absorbs those moments. They're still kind of there and they're in your subconscious. And it wasn't until I got diagnosed with cancer and really started to kind of go from um, what I call like head understanding mm-hmm. and some external healing to really deep inner healing. Yeah. To really, truly getting in, letting that information flow out, recognizing that I was still searching for approval and validation, right? Because of, because I didn't get that as a kid. In fact, I got rejected by my family. Right. And so I think that there's levels and as you become, as you do the work and you start getting curious about yourself, that allows you to start going into the deeper levels, whatever is prompting and coming out. And so that really my process, my journey has been a lifetime. Um, and it's had some significant, and I got breast cancer on my left side, which is always, this is the heart side, right? Your left side is where your heart is. This is where attachment and nurture and love all comes from. And so Mm -hmm. when you look at that and my beginnings, you can see the the connection, the correlation, right? Yeah. So it really has been a full circle for me to get to the point where I can truly you know what, I, I, Nadia, to be honest with you, what happened is cancer stopped me dead in my tracks, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. Yeah. I couldn't, I physically, at the time I had cancer, I owned two businesses. I had a full career. I had six grandchildren. My husband had his business. We traveled where we wanted. We did what we wanted. Life was very successful, but I was operating in this really high vibrational state, like high energy. Yeah, yeah. And I could not hear my own nervous system being dysregulated. I could not hear because I was, I was, people would say to me, Oh my gosh, you're so ambitious. You need to slow down. You know, and Mm -hmm. I would roll my eyes. I'd be like, Oh, you're just not as ambitious as me. You just sit back and let me. And so when I got cancer, I was basically on the couch for 12 months. Right. And that, that allowed my nervous system to calm down, my -hmm. nervous system to get quiet. And then I could finally hear the 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 wounds of my soul if you will to be so dramatic yeah (laughs) yeah i understand i definitely understand it brought you all the way down like there was no in between you went from as they say 100 to zero yes (laughs) like i say it was literally like hitting a brick wall yeah like poof like really landed on my ass and part of my language sorry i have a little street kid in me still that's okay (laughs) Yes. Well, listen, that 
explanation, that description of your healing process, it was phenomenal um, because it it's just so relatable when you go through trauma, mm-hmm. you know, and saying also that you had to, well, that you had to kind of brought it all the, all the way up to where you were working through. You had then rekindled everything with your mom, forgiven her, did all of the inner work, and then you suffered yourself. So starting from there, you had to pick back up again, Mm -hmm. right? How did you do that? In what way did you go? Oh, good question. So the last five years has been the more I would say the more deeper journey with my soul, with my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And it started, you know, what really got me curious, it really is, I started to get curious about cancer. Like I wasn't like, when I had cancer, I wasn't like, oh, why me? Why me? Because all I had to do was look on the news. You see little kids that are going through horrible things. Like I wasn't like a, oh my God, why me? It was not that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I go was curious, like, how does cancer form? Right? How like, and I just started, I get curious. And I think curiosity in all times of my life has really served me well. And this is the one thing I do as I coach people um, and help I I teach coaches how to coach. And this is the one thing I really um, try to get them to lean into is getting curious. Curiosity within yourself is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I started to get curious and I just followed that curiosity. I started to understand cells, like actual cells. Yeah. And then I went, I took a, I took a nutrition, a holistic nutrition course Mm -hmm. while I was going through chemo. This was like a two year program. And I did it online while I was going through chemo because I needed to know, I needed to know. And then cells took me to energy and then energy took me to the body. And then the body took me to the soul and I came right back to the soul. It was just like this whole, and I was a very, um, I'm a very spiritual person to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we attended uh, or, you know, church for many, many years. Uh, my kids were raised in church. I have uh, a huge faith. So I'm, I'm like curiosity anyway, curious spiritually anyway yeah. about purpose and all that kind of stuff. And so I just kept feeding that curiosity. And so five years later, this is what I've learned. I've learned that the real root to who and how we are being the, the experiences that we think we're having the messages that we tell ourselves, all of that stuff is laying dormant in our subconscious brains. Mm -hmm. The subconscious part of your mind holds so much power. And when we can just connect with that, you let your, you let it just, it's amazing how much information comes to you Mm -hmm. when you can get kind of out of the way and it's, that's really where your soul's connected to. Yeah. And so I've done, I've done, yeah. So that's kind of where that journey's led me, uh, led me on a lot of understanding the subconscious mind, understanding how healing um, is attached in there, how really it's important to undo the conditioning and the programming that we've experienced through our adversity and through like, even like the stuff kids go through in school. Yeah. That stuff sticks back there. It does. It does. You know, school is a scary place nowadays. Mm-hmm. My 10 year old grandson was terrified to go to school because some, you know, another child had said he brought a knife to school. Wow. Right. It was that fictitious, but that stuff sticks. Yeah. It, it, and, and it does start to 
affect the way you make decisions or the way you see your own safety. So I really got just kept following that curious little like curious George. I don't know if you know the reference of the book, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. That little curious monkey. And um, it really led me to some, it led me to some weird spots. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it also led me to see that I'll, I'll share something really powerful. Okay. This was for me and I'll, I'll, I'll condense it. So it's a little bit, when I referred to being beaten up when I was 13, I had a younger sister. Or I still do. <laughs> She's still younger. Um, she was eight at the time and she was living in the home, in our home. Okay. I was removed, but she got to stay. Makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. No sense whatsoever. I go to the hospital. I'm in the hospital for a few weeks. I come out, I go to a foster home. I'm not allowed to go back there. Clearly it's dangerous. I'm so concerned for my sister because she's little that I go to her school and I take her from school and I take her to my foster home. And mm -hmm. of course, you're not allowed at 13 to raise your kid, your, your siblings. So the police come right. and take her back. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know that story. My sister knows that story. That story has been part of our life for since I was 13. When I was 50 some odd years old, after having been diagnosed with cancer and I got curious about cellular energy, I went to see an acupuncturist and she said, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And I said, well, I'm just really curious about cellular energy and Chinese medicine stuff came up about energy in the body. And I just want to make sure my cells are healthy, right? Yeah. I don't want to like, I don't want unhealthy cells. I don't want cancer. Yeah. Out. And we started talking and then she asked me what happened when I was 13. And so I was like, oh, I know, like the trauma. And she said, no, what happened with your sister? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, what happened with your sister at that age? Something. And in that moment, the, and this acupuncturist had no idea what was going on in here. In that mm -hmm. exact moment, it was like my mind was ready to connect. I realized that I had spent 20 years working as a child protection worker, as a social worker. Okay. I worked as a child protection worker for the better part of 20 years because I was trying to save her because wow. I couldn't save her when I was 13. Mm. And I, and you see this, this experience created yeah. the filter for which I saw myself and my role in life. Yeah. And I was good at this job. It fit me like a glove. I got raises. I got promotions. I got accolades. People were like, oh, you're like, because it fit me so well, but it fit yeah. me so well because my subconscious had told, had been telling me I, I'd been trying to save my sister over and over and over again for 15 years. And when I had that recollection on that soul level, it blew me away. You know, it was yeah. so powerful. I cried. My sister cried. Like I said to her, do you have a sister, Nadia? I, I don't. No, you don't? Well, sister relationships can be a little tricky. <laughs> and I phoned her and I said to her, you know what, sissy? I know we've had tough times, you and I, but if you've ever doubted my love for you, just know that my whole entire career was based on my need to save you. So wow. it's really powerful when you can connect on those levels because then it's healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was powerful. Wow. Yes, Miss Kimberly. Yes. <laughs> so that was amazing. You have just touched my heart today. Um, but we are going to move forward to a portion of the broadcast that I like to call our power questions. Of the okay. Day. I like these. I don't know what they are. Some, some just some nice little questions to get to know you a little bit okay. better. So if you met your hero, 
what question would you ask? Oh, if I met my hero, I would ask. So I I would ask, I would ask for the, 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 the most, um, powerful piece of advice they'd ever gotten. Awesome. I would ask for that share. Awesome. Awesome. What song best describes your life? Uh, um, oh, this is tough. This is a tough one. Cause for, I was so busy <laughs> raising kids for so many years. I kind of tapped out of the music industry. I would okay. say um, Christina Aguilera fighter. All right. All right. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good way. <laughs> All right. What do you have absolute faith in? I have absolute faith in my purpose and in uh, my relationship with God. Awesome. Awesome. And one more, which is our favorite question here. Ooh. What is your method of self-care? Okay, this is a fun question because I am an empty nester now for many years and it's just my husband and I. And it's funny, I said to my girlfriend the other day, you know, when your kids are at home and you have the hustle and bustle of family life, it's easy, you know, it's easy, you care for everybody, right? You're doing, you're on routine, you've yeah. got the structure, you're doing the laundry, you're making, getting groceries, you're planning the meals, you're doing all that. Since the kids have gone, I can't even make, I mean, every day at five o'clock, I'm standing in the fridge going, what's for dinner? It's like, I can't, I don't even know how to take care of myself. I said, I need a nanny. I need someone to like do my groceries, get my meals. So we were talking about the difference of self-care versus taking care of yourself. And it's so Man. much easier when you have other people to kind of prompt you. But for yeah. me, uh, for me now, self-care really is an inward uh, being able to make sure I have enough time to do some quiet work which yes. five years ago, I would roll my eyes. I would give you the finger <laughs> if you told me to meditate. Like, um, and so for me now, self-care really consists of taking some time to be inward and quiet, making sure I'm working in flow and not out, of, not pushing, but being pulled into the work that I'm doing. Um, I like uh, a really good, I'm a very bougie coffee drinker. So self-care includes a really good cup of bougie coffee and I make yes. sure that that's, that's uh, uh, integrated into my day and just really time with my uh, friends and family um, is really the self-care that fills me up on the inside. Oh, and I like a good pedicure. Oh yes. Gotta include <laughs> the pedicure. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Kimberly. I love it. So with that being said, do you have any final thoughts for our audience? What I like to leave audiences with, and I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I'm doing a lot of, I'm writing a book, doing a lot of speaking in different engage and uh, different communities, right? So uh, lots of online, I support. So I, I support coaches. I'm helping coaches. So people have gone through pain into purpose and want to help others. So I have a coaching program that I'm I'm putting together and support coaches that, but I also am a, a wealth leadership and mindset mentor. So I do a lot of work with CEO women that are really wanting to embody wealth and leadership in their entire being. And the thing that I leave everybody and I've already alluded to, and I'll leave it for your audience 
the one thing that you can truly do to start creating infinite possibilities in your life is to start getting curious about your behavior. Be curious about yourself. Do a quick observation of your behavior, your interactions, your relationships with yourself, your relationships with other people, your relationships with money. When you can be curious about these things, you can start to learn what's actually driving the behaviors, which is the journey of really becoming healed and whole to what your purpose is instead of being stuck in some places that you might not feel comfortable with. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Now tell us, how can we connect with you? Okay. So I pretty much hang out over on the gram on Instagram. So you can connect with me at Kimberly.Valerie on Instagram. I do have a private Facebook community for coaches. So people that are coaches in order to continue to support them. Um, I have a text community as well, but if you hit me up on the gram, you can find all those things from there. Yes, ma'am. We will hit you up on the gram. (laughs) Guys, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for sharing all of this amazing information with us. It's really refreshing, um, you know, what you have brought to us today. And I want to thank you again. Thank you, Nadia, so much for the insightful questions and for hosting me. That was beautiful. No problem. Will you hang on and we will be back next Thursday, guys, 8 a.m. with our new episode of Power Conversations podcast available on all major podcasting platforms. Like I said, every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Tune in. We love you. Power Conversations Magazine is our free online publication that spotlights entrepreneurs, community leaders, authors, and business pioneers. Log on at www.powerconversationsmagazine.com.